The Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code PERSPECTIVE. Just pay $5 shipping. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. What shenanigans can Michael Barry and RG get into? Make sure you tune in this week. And as always, let the Revisionist Revolution begin. Welcome back to the Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. Michael and I have the honor of sitting down today with a man that, well, he'll get an introduction, but he needs no introduction. It's Mr. Tom Collihue from PW Torch. Tom, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing good. A bit tired because over here, blessed, it's uh, past midnight, but that's the danger of being a UK wrestling fan, isn't it? Well, you know, I, you know, I, we've uh, we've come to have quite a few friends and quite a few listeners that are from the UK, and they're like, it's hard. I don't, I, I can't fathom how it, uh, how you guys watch Raw or SmackDown. Well, in general, first of all, and second of all, over from the UK. On top of it, it's, uh, but that's definitely dedication. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania is always a tough one because the lights already up the next morning by the time it finishes. Oh jeez! Oh wow! Yeah. So 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 Tom, uh, do you are you in the habit of taking like say the day after WrestleMania off of work? Yeah, the, the big four. I've always got time off from the day job. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah that tends to be my general my general feeling. I just I started doing that uh, last year because I I've always you know I I got up at. Uh, about four thirty or five o'clock in the morning for work, and it just it gets to the point where in a lot of these pay per views, you know, they last, you know, for the big four, like you mentioned, they last about four, about six hours. So it's like okay, and then you're you're tired the next day, and it just doesn't work. So I tend to either take the next day off and uh, you know go from there. I know, I know, I know. This year for WrestleMania, I'm taking the whole week off, so I can have the whole week to recuperate. <laughs> Yeah, um, it doesn't help that whenever I watch the Royal Rumble, we have a couple of friends around, and we there's three of us, um, so we choose ten entrants each. We have a big draw ceremony, mm. and then we take a shot whenever one of ours is eliminated. Ooh, so it's ooh. twenty shots, and then our normal drinks during the night. So it it makes the show both more interesting, and you have to sit and watch the whole thing again because you lose track of it very quickly. <laughs> Sounds like my type of party. Mm-hmm. No, because no, I know a lot. A lot of uh, I used to uh, uh, friends of mine that we used to watch a lot of every every WrestleMania, every Royal Rumble. We used to watch together, and we did something similar to that. But it was 
yeah, it was a bit. It was a rough morning too. So, but uh, you know, for you know our loyal listeners here on the Wrestling Wrestling Perspective Network and here on uh, the Revisionist Booking, you know, briefly tell them you know kind of what you do with the PW Torch and outside of that as well. Well, primarily I work for Pro Wrestling Torch for Wade Keller, who uh, gave me a chance two years ago when I had I think fifty two followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, have come on leaps and bounds, largely thanks to him. He gave me a shot. I do predictions for pay-per-views. I do a few segments on what I call Collihue Dogma, where I just talk about certain stars and certain names. I did a big thing recently about how Carmella is uh, something quite unique in the wrestling world because she's openly insecure, and that's something you don't see a lot in wrestling. But my bread and butter for the last two years, unfortunately not right now, has been the Roman reigns Omita, where I sort of parody the overbooking and the in-your-face style that was Roman Reigns during his rise to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, mock him, mock wrestling, mock wrestling fans, mock wrestling companies. Just have a laugh at everyone's expense, especially my own. Well, you know, it's one of those things, especially the wrestling business, that's what the wrestling community, I guess you could say, is, you know, we kind of need some every once in a while, good chuckle every once in a while, just because everybody seems to be so serious nowadays, whether it be social media or just in general about the product, whether it be word, nobody really talks word of mouth anymore. It's all online on Twitter or Facebook or whatever you and it's just, I forgot who was, I think it was Charlotte was going after somebody recently uh, and just saying that, oh, nobody wanted me in here. Well, too bad. And I'm like, well, you know, it, everything happens for a reason, you know. Who knows what we're going to see down the road. We still got, what, another month or so to WrestleMania, so you never know uh, what's down the pipeline. But, uh, but yeah, definitely a big fan of your work. Definitely a big fan of PW Torch, too. I grew up, uh, you know, before before there was this thing called the internet when it was in the infancy um pw torch and i always used to uh you know get those go out to the uh school library when i was on study hall out and print off all these articles so i could take them home and uh and read them at home because my parents wouldn't allow me to go to pw torch on on the home computer so uh my 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 uh my reading of pw torch goes back a, a fairly long time so yeah, I, 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 I definitely have enjoyed PW Torch uh, since, you know, back, um, I believe, right uh, previous to the Attitude Era. Um, and I definitely enjoy the work that is done over there. I have enormous respect for Wade Keller, who, uh, as I said, gave me a chance. I've grown enormously since, and he's a very understanding man, very reassuring man, very confident in how he delivers, and you know that what he comes out with, the standard of journalism he does is incredible. So I, I'm very proud to work for him. Yeah, I know, um, you know, friends of the show, uh, or a friend of the show, Matt Kuhn does a lot, some work with Wade Keller as well on his uh, on his podcast every once in a while, doing uh, reviews of Raw or SmackDown or pay-per-view or what have you so we definitely we we know we we uh at least i can't speak for michael but definitely you know big fan of pw george and, and wade keller as well so now you know what got you into what got you started into the wrestling business uh promotion wise wrestling wise 
Well, I can tell you the exact first match I watched. I was 10 years old, and it used to be that um, we'd get... So it was shown over in the UK. Monday Night Raw would be shown on Sky Sports on Friday. So it wasn't live. You'd get it on the Friday in the UK. We had a friend who would record it and give it to us on the following Monday. So we were always a full week behind. And at some point, we got given a tape, and I came down. I was 10 years old, and we were just sat watching it. I just turned 10, I think. And the first match we saw, and this is one of the reasons it came, was always a big favourite of mine, was The Rock and Owen Hart on one team, The New Age Outlaws on another, Kane and Mankind on a third, and Austin and The Undertaker as tag team champions on the fourth in a four corners match. I've watched this match since. It was in the build-up to SummerSlam 98, the first pay-per-view I watched and one I loved. And looking back, you can see a massive concussion for Road Dog. That happened pretty quickly. Um, Owen Hart got attacked by Ken Shamrock and replaced by Dilla Brown. It all went to hell, Austin being Austin. And uh, Kane won with one offensive move, the only one he does in the whole match. <laughs> and you get these... That match, for me, you get that whole bunch of eclectic characters. That is the attitude era in itself. You get the diverse, just ridiculous in some areas. You get mute and Kane, crazy in mankind. You've got the occult in The Undertaker. You've got Steve Austin being Steve Austin. The Rock on the rise wasn't quite the Rock as he came to be known, but he certainly was doing that. The New Age Outlaws are representing the X, your Triple H out there. It was everything you can love about wrestling. I remember going back and watching the tape later on and just the ridiculousness of it all. Ty and Ty were trying to chop off Val Venus's penis. That happened in that episode. A lot of ridiculous things happened in wrestling. And as a 10-year-old, that's really appealing. And I was a huge Kane fan for the longest time because my favorite color was red and he wore red. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely recall that as well, Tom. Um, actually... That was, as you said, the build uh, to uh, SummerSlam 98, which the theme song for that was Highway to Hell. And uh, I was actually headed down to boot camp for the military. So that was definitely a memorable time period for myself as well. Yeah, that was definitely one, at least for me anyways. That was kind of the time when, you know, I I started getting back in the business, watching it again. Uh, Right around... uh, about 96, 97, I was flipping through and saw, uh, you know, I saw Hogan in black. I'm like, what? what the heck's going on? It was the WCW when he turned. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm back. So, <laughs> you know, because growing up, you know, you always saw Hogan in the red and yellow. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, there's something different. You know, you got to, you know, it gra- grasp you for some reason trying to, you know, drag you in. And they got me. So, and I haven't... Uh, haven't looked back since, so and uh, much of the chagrin, chagrin of my wife, unfortunately. So I, I had a pretty uh, big gap, to be honest. Um, yeah. I never was aware of WCW. It was a long time until I became aware of it, even though it was free over here and I could watch it live. It was more available in the UK, but I just didn't know it was a thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, we moved across the country in 2001, just as the invasion angle was starting. Mm-hmm. And between 2001, the next time I actually sat down and watched wrestling of any kind was 2015. 
Um, wow. When I moved into the house I'm in now, and I remember because I'd just got my PS4 and I was really happy about it, mm-hmm. and I saw the network as an app on that, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to sign up to the network and see what they've got. And the first thing that came on was Battleground 2015. Bray Wyatt was walking into the ring, and I thought, yep, that's my guy. That is my guy right there. Mm-hmm. It's a shame what's happened since, but then it finished with Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, so I was quite happy about that. Yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, hopefully we'll see hopefully we'll see Bray Wyatt come back fairly soon and, uh, you know, do some, you know, you know, he's got the lineage, especially his family, you know, going back all the way back to the Blackjacks as being his grandparents, and uh, it's definitely... Uh, you don't see that a lot now. You see a couple family wrestling families in there. You don't see you don't see too many anymore, unfortunately. But uh, now you, you mentioned the current product, but you know what is you know what is something that you know you attest to uh, uh, the way that social media plays into the fact of the wrestling business. Now you know is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, What's your take on it? As I see it, there are lots of good and bad from social media. It makes people too accessible sometimes. You get, it's inescapable the amount of abuse you get from social media, and that's not a good thing. I don't think that's a good thing. There's a lack of accountability there. At the same time, flip side of the coin, you don't get someone as popular as Becky Lynch throughout social media. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't happen. She, after starting her current run at SummerSlam, captured social media and she kept going and she made it a big deal. And I watched as she came from behind and overtook Charlotte Flair and Twitter followers, for example. Social media can be a very powerful tool, as shown by someone like Zack Ryder, who was able to turn YouTube and Facebook pages and so on into a viable means of getting yourself out there when you're not getting out there. You can get over on social media even if you're not actually on TV. So I can see there are a lot of negatives to it, but if it's used correctly, there's a lot of positives too. If you're passionate about becoming the best you can be in the business and getting the most eyes you can, you'll use it and you'll use it well. Interesting. So, Tom, quick question. You mentioned that one of the first matches you saw involved none other than The Undertaker. What are your thoughts with the uh, recent um, developments uh, with The Undertaker taking non-WWE bookings, specifically um, that he's going to be appearing at StarCast in Vegas uh, during Memorial Day weekend? It makes me a little bit sad on several reasons as regards The Undertaker at the moment. The Undertaker's in a, a bit of an interesting position in that he's not wrestling for WWE. I strongly doubt he'll ever wrestle for someone who they consider a competitor out of loyalty. He is Mr. WWE. But he's coming out, he's getting bookings, he's making appearances, and... I don't know. He seems to be sort of taking the money quite often, as a lot of people are in WWE at the minute. Shawn Michaels came back for a payday. And these are legends of the game, as it were. Undertaker came back. His first reappearance after WrestleMania last year was in Saudi Arabia. And after that, he appeared again in Saudi Arabia. It it seems like a bit of a cash grab, and that disappoints me. 
hopefully, it, I mean, it's a way of prolonging his career and making those appearances just a way to give back to the fans. Uh, appearing at StarCast will certainly be an opportunity to do that, an opportunity to have a meet and greet, to be available to potentially different fans. I don't think he's setting himself up to strengthen the competition by appearing at StarCast per se. Some people disagree, that's their opinion. Um, but he should, in my opinion, have called it quits after losing to Roman Reigns. The story in that match was perfect. Him trying to sit up and failing, doing that signature moment, meant a lot to me personally because, as I said, he was one of the first ones I saw. He's one I followed and kept track of. To me, as that 10-year-old kid, you look in that ring and there are actually immortals in that ring. The Undertaker was that immortal. And you grow up and you get to know more about your heroes and you see people on Twitter and you, you see people drunk in bars and crashing their cars and so on and so forth. And those immortals that shaped your childhood, those heroes, become men. They become people. They become peers. They become relatable. They stop being that powerful immortal. Undertaker for me was that last true immortal. And when I see him trying to wrestle now and appearing at shows which, what was it, 20, 25k an hour? It's just 25K. very, yeah, it's just very mercenary and it's disheartening for me as a fan. Hmm. No, that's that's a good take. I think there are there are uh, many people who uh, would share in your opinion of that, um, and certainly those that that might disagree. And really, you know, this I think what struck me even more so than the Undertaker and the recent develops, developments with him was, you know, watching Shawn Michaels and him kind of coming back. Um, just I just felt like there was kind of a randomness to that match that he and Triple H had with uh, with Kane and the Undertaker. So. I feel like I would have much preferred if Shawn Michaels was going to come back, hit, you know, maybe a special one-on-one -on -one match with an AJ Styles or or somebody of that ilk. He turned that down. Yeah, Shawn Michaels turned down that opportunity, but he turned up for the payday for Triple H. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it's you see that a lot of times. You know, people just in it, you know, uh, in for, for that payday, but. Unfortunately, you know, all the smart fans out there know, know, know better, supposedly. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, to kind of, you know, turn, you know, turn a little bit towards what the reason, you know, the, the main point of the show here is to go over No Way Out from uh, 2000. Uh, it comes to us on the 27th of February of 2000 from the Hartford Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, before 12,551 fans. Uh, actually, this is going to be 19 years to the date next week uh, as, as this is airing. Um, you know, this was, you know, I, I to me anyways, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think that this was kind of like one of those little turning points, you know, towards, you know, a bigger roster at this point, probably one of the best, all-around rosters that this company's ever had uh, that, you know, you get that window between 2000 to 2002, you know, you have one of the biggest and best rosters in the business of all time, I think. 
Well, correct me if I'm wrong, RJ, but wasn't this the first pay-per-view that the uh, new incoming Radicals, uh, uh, four guys, uh, of course, who jumped ship from WCW and headed over to uh, WWF, as it were, um, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, and Chris Benoit. Yeah, that actually, this was their debut uh, pay-per-view, I believe. They, I, right. Can't, uh, I can't remember if they showed up. I'm pretty sure they showed up on Raw. Yes, they did show up. I believe they showed up on Raw, and this pay-per-view was like a week later, so it was kind of a rush yeah. thing. Yeah, so it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely definitely a turning point in the business, you know, toward for the good anyways. But, uh, you know, we didn't have uh, any, uh, any like, heat matches, and I didn't see anything, any dark match-wise. But uh, we saw, however, our first match, which featured uh, uh, probably two Hall of Famers at this point, one actually and a future Hall of Famer and the other, but uh, Kurt Angle, who was the, uh, I believe he was the, Europe, or the Intercontinental Champion, and taking on Chris Jericho, who was the European Champion. It might have been the other way around. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, basically this was a unification of the two titles where we saw Kurt Angle defeat Chris Jericho to become the first Euro-Continental champion, as he would have put it. Uh, you know, we did see China out uh, out at ringside during this match. Um, obviously, we knew what would later happen, uh, uh, for her anyways, becoming the first woman, woman Intercontinental champion, uh, but precursing to that. But, uh, you know, for, for what it was worth, you know, you start off hot, and what a better way to start with two Hall of Famers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, this is obviously two of the best to uh, have ever done it, especially for this era. Um, I believe Kurt Angle was not too far removed. I believe he, he debuted, what was that, 99 Royal Rumble? So, yeah, I guess it was Survivor Series. Oh, it was Survivor Series. Sorry, he my apologies. Survivor Series. That, 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 yeah, the match that. against Taz was technically his first loss, but Survivor Series oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. against against Meat, I believe he debuted. Yes, <laughs> yes, you're you're correct. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. So so yeah, so definitely, you know, but but Kurt Angle was fairly uh, new to obviously the WWF. Um, so obviously, it, it looks like they they were looking to fast track him here, and uh, rightfully so. Yeah, this was definitely, you know, you go back to the days of the uh, cruiser rates at WCW. They always started the pay-per-view, start off hot. This was this was one way of starting hot, and um, they definitely did that. Um, the next match on the card was for the Tag Team Championships. Uh, we had the Dudley Boys taking on the New Age Outlaws. Uh, we saw the Dudley Boys win the WWF at the time, Tag Team Championships. Uh you know, for me anyways, I don't think the New Age Outlaws get enough credit for when they did have the Tag Team Championships. Uh, I, say, I may be in the minority with that, but, you know, for what it was worth, they always got the pop. I'm sorry? I have a fun tidbit on this one. Oh, See, okay. You, you said ahead. just a, a moment ago that you think this is one of their strongest rosters, WWF, at the time. Um, personally, I would disagree on that when you consider how many people would come in from ECW, WCW soon. For example, Raven would come in. But also, they'd only just started SmackDown full-time, and you had a lot of people 
appearing constantly on both shows to carry it. New Age Outlaws was some of those. they just come off the back of the feud with the Hardys. And when you talk about not getting the credit they deserve, they had a cage match on SmackDown against the Hardys where we saw some very interesting and unique offense that you will never see again and you never saw before, including Road Dog running up the turnbuckle into a springboard moonsault. It was a, it was a wonder to behold. It was actually a perfect moonsault, but you would never see it again. Oh, you didn't no. know? <laughs> I, I, I'll, I have to tell you, uh, Tom, and RJ knows this, our listener shows, I'm a huge uh, Road Dog fan, so I think uh, he's one of the more underrated performers of all time. He doesn't give himself enough credit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think, you know, and it goes back to Orlando's, I believe he's a, he's a SmackDown writer now, right? Yep. Yeah, and he well. just, you know, when he first when he first started, he, he got a lot of slack for a lot of the writing that he did, but it's like, okay, well, you try to do it then. <laughs> you know, if you want to yeah. you, you want to criticize the man, you don't sit down and try to do what he does. Well, say it was an interesting one. The first year of the brand split, SmackDown was far and ahead the better show. Road Dog was getting a hell of a lot of, of hype and you know, reward in that regard. And then the second year, they switched a lot of people around and the show just wasn't that good. At which point he started getting a lot of hate on social media. Well, I mean, and, and, and really, I think what a lot of people don't realize is, so, and I don't know if, if you guys realize this, but so Road Dog is not exclusively, like he has a bigger role on SmackDown, but he also contributes to Raw. Not that that helps his, his case, right? But I mean, I think people tend to overstate so they get a hold of something and say oh road dog's the head writer of smackdown right and everyone just thinks like they can you know see exactly on the side of what's going on but and in the inner workings but road dog actually wears uh, multiple hats i don't think a lot of people realize that yeah. so you know and our, our next match to move on a little bit was uh well the bell had the ring uh we saw mark henry defeat viscera and uh, I can basically sum up this match with one word, and that's woof. Ooh, wow. Uh, a short match, and I'm glad it was, but uh, not much we can say about it uh, outside of moving on to well, our next match. Well, RJ, I mean, Sorry, go ahead. RJ, you could say Viscero is pretty agile here, right? Yes. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, so. Our next match was for the number one contenders for the tag team champions championship. Excuse me, uh, was Edge and Christian taking on the Hardy Boys? Uh, Edge and Christian going over on the Hardy Boys. We saw uh, uh, Terry Runnels come out with uh, with the Hardys. Uh, it was f- interesting to see her come out instead of Michael Hayes. But I'm sure uh, if you rewatch the rewatch this. You know, you can, uh, I'm sure, can uh, be pleasantly surprised. Uh, but we did see Terry actually cost the Hardys the uh, match when she kind of shoved uh, shoved Jeff off the top rope uh, before doing an aerial move. Uh, your winners and new number one contenders, Edge and Christian. Uh, not this what? Not sorry. R- real quick, RJ. Not to be missed in all of this was the fact that. Uh, Terry had hired the services of none other than the APA uh, mm-hmm. to be her protection, uh, and mm-hmm. which would come in handy, of course. Oh yeah, of course. Later on, after we saw, you know, the Hardys try to go after 
after their uh, after Terry, we saw APA kind of make their presence felt and made their uh, you know did their job. Uh, but unfortunately, they ended up uh, you know getting into a feud with, later with the Hardy Boys. So uh, regardless, you know this was that uh, that turning like I said that turning point in tag team wrestling right here. Uh, so our next match, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying absolutely. So our next match was, you know, another one of those uh, matches where, you know, the bell had to ring, unfortunately, uh, was Taz defeating the big boss man by DQ, uh, as we saw Al- Albert make a, an appearance and cause DQ taking out Taz. Um, this match, I think they tried their hardest to get Taz over, but, you know, it just the fans weren't... Uh, the fans weren't taking any of it, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, I think it's all about how you go about booking somebody and who their dancing partner is. And I, I'm not speaking ill of Big Boss Man whatsoever. I just think that mm-hmm. Big Boss Man circa 99 may not have been the best uh, best choice. Yeah, unfortunately. But, um, you know, to, uh, to the next match, it was a different... Different type of match. It was a uh, no holler, excuse me, no holds barred match between Kane and X-Pac. Uh, you know, we saw this whole build up with uh, Tori uh, being involved. You know, Kane's girlfriend, and she was X-Pac's girlfriend. You know, trying to play up, still trying to play up later on that whole uh, DX versus the uh, corporation. I guess you could say. Uh, angles still at this time uh but you know being former partners you know we saw x-pac go over on kane uh i thought this was for the actual match i thought it was you know a decent match for what it was uh i know this tom this is probably in your wheelhouse being a kane fan um I don't know. I was always a bit of an X-Pac fan as well, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I loved Kane and X-Pac as a tag team. That was my childhood, essentially. Um, but, I don't know. I'll, I'll get to it when rebooking, but for me, the way they finished it was clever. Mm-hmm. It was clever and it sticks in the mind, because I actually remembered that even before I watched it back, but Kane and X-Pac had a lot of matches around this time. Just mm-hmm. a lot of matches. And it was always the same story, and it started to great. Oh, yeah. So, you know, our next match, we had the uh, debuting at pay-per-view, the Radicals uh, taking on Too Cool, Rikishi, Scotty Tuhati, and uh, Grandmaster Sexay, Brian Christopher. Uh, Benoit, Malenko, and Saturn were involved with, uh, for the Radicals, uh, Guerrero was out with a, uh, I think it was an elbow injury. Yeah, the very first frog splash. The very first frog splash he did in the company. Yeah. Broke his elbow. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. And, you know, they still, you know, they they went with it and he's still out there. So it's more more props to him. But uh, we saw two cool go over on the Radicals. Um, I always found this fairly interesting where, you know, you had these guys come in for WCW you know, trying to make a big splash, and then you just have them lose in their first pay-per-view match. Um, so, you know, obviously that's why, that's the gist of why we're doing this, just to show the way we're doing it, so we get to kind of, you know, play around with this a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it was just, 
it was what it was. You know, it got them on. It showed them their their skills to the this audience because a lot of this audience didn't see them at WCW. It was only with they were only watching WWF at the time. So, but we uh, will move on. Our semi main event was for the number one contenders uh, match or match for the WWE title at WrestleMania two. Thousand was the big show defeating The Rock uh, in a, a uh, an interesting match. We'll say that, but uh, you know this obviously setting up. Uh, you know later on we'll see the the Fatal Four Way. So we still see these two gentlemen in that Fatal Four Way later on this year uh, at WrestleMania. Uh, so the main event uh, was the for the WWF Championship was inside a hell in a cell. Uh, the champion, Triple H, taking on Cactus Jack. A bit of a stipulation with this was a, <coughs> excuse me, a title versus career match with Cactus Jack putting his career on the line, uh, which I found fairly interesting because it's the, one of the three faces of Foley. Uh, you know, so, you know, it was one of those things you kind of knew. Obviously, going back on it, you knew what was going to happen, but, uh, you know, Boy, was this this was a brutal match. I thought the match that they had at the Royal Rumble was brutal, uh, but this was this was even more brutal. Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, we saw Triple H defeat Cactus Jack, and uh, since then, obviously, then uh, Cactus lost. Uh, he had to uh, uh, was forced to retire. Uh, so you know, all in all. You know, for this pay-per-view, like I said before, this was kind of that turning point uh, in the company. You know, we saw a lot of, you know, a lot of good things and a lot of bad things, too. But with that being said... Hey, guys, here at Revisionist Booking, we love to rebook the finish on many of the matches that we visit throughout our podcast. Well, now you guys can rebook your finish in the bedroom. So, you want to increase your performance? Get that extra confidence in bed? Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, get this, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no in-person doctor visit. You don't have to sit there and wait in the pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're actually cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, here at Revisionist Booking Podcast, we've actually got a very special deal for our listeners. All you have to do is go visit BlueChew.com and you'll get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code PERSPECTIVE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code PERSPECTIVE, to try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Perspective Network. And as always... You're welcome. The reason why we're here, you know, we're rebooking this card. You know, Tom, you are our guest. You know, what 
what did you have to kick off your card to kick off your show honestly this was an incredibly strong show I, I wouldn't make that many changes to it. There are small changes with the booking and moving around on the card, but I, I tend to make changes as to winners and finishes more than anything else, and there's one match which I just scrap and get rid of, <laughs> hope we never mention again. Um, but it is a very strong card. It comes off the back of a strong Royal Rumble beforehand where we had a tables match between Hardys and Dudleys and so on and so forth. There was... a a lot going on in the build-up, and it was a strong show. A lot of it comes down to confusing choices for me. Um, as you've alluded to in the recap there, there were some strange ones. Do you want me to just go from top to bottom? or? Uh, you know, we can go... Let's just go by one by one and then see and see where it goes. Okay. We'll go back on each episode. Well, I've stuck to mostly the same order. I've broken up the tag matches a bit more, but I am starting again with Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho because, it, as you mentioned, it's going to be a great match. There's no question about that. And at the time, Chris Jericho was in, I think, his second run as Intercontinental Champion. The the first time he hadn't been a co-champion in a while. Um, after beating China and Hardcore Holly at the Rumble beforehand, it's you can't put these two men together and make anything other than magic. You just can't. And I wouldn't change this anyway leading into WrestleMania because you had that wonderful triple threat uh-huh. in which Kurt Angle defended the European and Intercontinental title against Jericho and Benoit, and without being pinned, he lost both titles. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is unfortunate this time. They kind of, you know, you had, like you mentioned, you had such a, you know, you had such a big roster... And, uh, you know, you had, uh, unfortunately, yeah, a lot of triple threat matches, a lot of fatal four-ways uh, with this uh, with this event, with these pay-per-views, unfortunately. But, uh, but definitely, like you said, you can't go wrong putting Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho in a match together, that's for sure. Uh, so, Michael, what did you have kicking off your card? Yeah, so uh, first match of my card uh, is we're going to see pretty much uh the same result here we're going to have the same match chris jericho versus kurt angle um kurt angle will get the win however he's going to get the win uh surprisingly with the aid of eddie guerrero who's going to come out and kind of distract um you know do his little flirtation deal with china uh and we're going to see uh that's going to allow uh jericho is going to uh his uh it's going to allow Angle, sorry, to pick up the win over Chris Jericho, uh, and we're going to get sort of a smazzy uh, finish there. And Kurt Angle becomes your new Intercontinental Champion. Oh, very nice, very nice. So, you know, I I was going to go along the same lines, but you know, originally, like you know, what, I'm going to start it off a little different way. Started off even hotter than that match. I'm going to have a number one contenders match for the tag team title. Uh, I'm going to have the Dudleys taking on. And the Hardys taking on Edge and Christian. Obviously, now precursor we know is going to happen after this. You know, these three teams are basically going to be going against each other for the next better part of two years. Uh, you know, but this, this is going to be that first time when they actually, you know, you, you're going to see magic. But this time, I'm, we're going to see Edge and Christian go over the Hardys and the Dudleys uh, to take uh, take their, their rightful uh, place as uh, number one contenders for the tag team titles. Uh, 
So, what do you have for your your second match, Tom? My second match would then be the Radicals with their debut against Too Cool, that being Grandmaster Sexay, Rikishi, and Scotty Too Hotty. And this would be competitive, but a clean win for the Radicals, who've just debuted. They they need that moment. Eddie Guerrero would still be doing a few heel theatrics, because at the time they are still being established as heels, just coming in. But it would still be clean, decisive win, with no dancing at the end, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I, no, no yellow sunglasses, unfortunately. <laughs> so, Mike, what do you got for your second one? All right, so my so my second match is going to see none other than Mark Henry, and he's going to be accompanied by Mae Young, but he's going to take on the big boss man in what we're going to call a hard time match. Um, and basically, you're going to see some back and forth, a couple of strong competitors here. Mae Young, as she always seemed to do, is going to find a way to get involved. She's going to um, chop, chop block Big Boss Man from behind. Uh, and the rules of this match are basically going to be that you need to, there's going to be a pull. And mind you, Vince Russo is not here at this point, but we're still going to go with the pull. And you're going to see um, Mark Henry successfully be able to handcuff Big Boss Man to the pull to win the hard time match. Your winner, Mark Henry. Oh, then, and then also right after this match, uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of keep the show going. We're gonna get an announcement, and they're gonna pan to the back, uh, and you're gonna see um, Eddie Guerrero leaving by ambulance um, with the theory that Jericho got a hold of him for getting involved in this match. You know, continuing those long long term uh, long term barking never never hurt anybody a little bit. So, yeah. you know, like I mentioned before, you know, started off hot. Uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to go off to what you guys had in your first match. I'm going to have Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, unify the European and IC titles. Obviously, you can't go wrong, like we said in previous shows. You can't, you don't want to mess with something that ain't broke. This one's not broke. You're going to love this match. We're going to see a little chicanery with uh, with China in this match. Uh, but we're still going to see Kurt Angle become, uh, become your first Euro continental champion because you know, that's what's best for business, and I like saying Eurocontinental. So, uh, so Tom, you know, you know, we're at that kind of that turning point now, that third match. You know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. What do you got for your your third match? Um, this is the one probably that is uh, booked a little more deeply. There's a little more going on in this one. I've got what should be fairly standard. I've got Kane absolutely destroying X-Pac. And I mean end of the feud potentially end of Xbox wrestling for a couple of weeks. Um, but it'll take a little while to get there. It'll start off with a fair bit of cheating as regards Xbox and Tory. Lots of distractions from Tory. Paul Bearer, I'm going to have him get hit by something heavy, probably in the face. He's going to go down. He only just returned at this point to sort of ramp up Kane's aggression. And then I'm going to have China come out and beat up Tory for a bit. Because one, I think at this point there was... A Absolutely no women's feuds going on at all. And two, I think China was a bit too removed from the DX story when DX were reunited at this point. And she very briefly did have a connection with Kane when they were in the corporation together. We could play on that. And we could bring her back as a way to, uh, say, shove it to the corporate... Well, is it the... Yeah, the McMahon-Helmsley regime at the time. Winner would be Kane, not by any sort of weaponry as it were, he would just utterly destroy X-Pac. 
Very definitely interesting. An interesting way of uh, you know looking at that. But you know, I think uh, well, all of us can attest that you know these are two of the better workers in the company at the time. Um, obviously, we know now what have what's uh, how, where they have gone, but uh, definitely a good match, Michael. What did you have? your third match so my third match is we're going to go ahead and do the number one contendership for the tag titles um and it is going to see edge and christian defeat the hardy boys accompanied by terry reynolds and basically the way this was booked to me was was very well done and uh we're going to keep it the same way uh with uh terry uh basically uh you know costing the hardys and um getting apa involved i liked how that all was set up so we're going to keep that the same Definitely not nothing wrong with that. That's for sure. You know, if it ain't like I said, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Uh, so my next match is going to be for the tag team championships. We're going to see the New Age Outlaws taking on the debuting Radicals. Uh, you know, big fan of all these guys, as a lot of people are. I'm going to see them start off on the right foot. They're not going to lose. They're going to become the new tag team champions. Uh, you know, trying to. We're going to see Dean Milenko and Perry Saturn in the ring uh, as a tag team. You're going to see, uh, uh, excuse me, Benoit and the Guerrero on the outside trying to, you know, get that Freebird rule before it was Freebird rule, kind of. But we're going to see the Radicals be victorious in their debut match and get some gold around their waist that they so right, rightfully deserves. Uh, so the Radicals over the New Age Outlaws become the new tag team champions uh your uh your fourth match tom this is the number one contendership for the tag team titles for me um while there are a lot of good elements to edging christian versus Zahadu, we've seen it a lot and i could uh, very happily see it again until the end of time i would be adding the acolytes to this match mm. just to create that uh, alternative when they're in the ring because you have the high flying exploits of edging christian and the hardys and then you still have the aggression of the Acolytes, something which Edge and Matt Hardy probably could still deliver from the other teams. So I think it'd be interesting to have that contrast. Also, it allows you to still have the excuse for Terry Runnels to get the hell away from the Hardys because <laughs> they don't need her. After, after the original tag team ladder match in October the year before when they won the service of the Terry Runnels and mm. those two teams killed it, it became very clear one day after she signed up with them that they did not meet Terry Runnels. Yeah. Edge and Christian for me would still go over because that leads yeah. into sort of the build towards the first TLC that came a little while after. But for me, that's the match I would have. The Acolytes yeah. are a great addition to it, and I just think it would add a little more contrast to the match. Mm. You know, and now now that we had a lot of these tag team matches in here, was this Tom according? Uh, your opinion, do you think that this was probably one of the best, better times for, for tag team wrestling in the company? I think this was the best time for yeah. tag team wrestling in the company. A lot of credit goes to your three main teams who competed with each other at this time, but not enough credit goes to the entertainment value of Too Cool, the consistency of the New Age Outlaws. The backstage segments were absolutely amazing for the um, Acolytes, even something as simple as forcing people to actually go through a door where there were no walls. It was just a door. And there were other tag teams. It wasn't long after, long removed from the Rock and Sock connection. Hardcore and Crash Holly were carrying a, a big set of scales around with them. It was just very high-quality entertainment at this time 
for the tag team division, and I don't think it's been matched or bettered. Yeah, I, you know, and you get a lot of these companies that try to try to do it better, and they just, you know, they just can't. Uh, so, Michael, what was your fourth match? So my fourth match, uh, we're going to see the big show in this match going up against Taz. Uh, show's going to come into this match. He's going to be touted to be the big favorite. But how do you get somebody over? Well, it's simple. You David versus Goliath this match. You have Taz uh, knock Show down to size, and he is going to uh, just work and work on Show. Um, Show's going to get some strong moves in there. By this point, uh, you know, Big Show, unfortunately, the way he had been booked, did him no favors. So, you know, we're not really going to be able to, to, to go much farther. I, I really didn't enjoy the fact that Big Show was part of the main event at WrestleMania this year. So instead, we're going to have Taz end up submitting Big Show by Taz mission, and we're going to try to make a star out of Taz. You know, trying to do the best as you can, trying to get Taz over, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, sometimes it works. Hopefully that, that's one way of definitely, definitely having them try to get over. But um, my next match is going to be a Hartford Street Fight match featuring X-Pac and Kane. Um, you know, at this point, you know, like we saw on the main card, no holds barred match or what have you, you know, this is where this feud has gone, where this is the only match that he really could have with these two guys. Uh, you know, the dra- knockout, dragout fights, the brawls. Um, I'm still going to have X-Pac go over on Kane. You know, you know, Kane is going to see a lot better. Obviously, we know, Ooh. but we're going to see a lot better uh, 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 future for Kane. Obviously, X-Pac, you know, never really got that big. That huge ginormous push like Kane got, but we're still going to see X Pac become a, a force to be reckoned with at this time. So I'm going to have X Pac go over on Kane. So our fifth match, Tom, what do you got? Well, this is the Taz match for me. I'm similar in this. I want Taz to get over at this point. He did not get anything like he needed. I am still having him with Big Boss Man for quite a simple reason. Um, A lot of Taz's offense is based on suplexes and throws. I don't see him throwing Big Show over his head. And even though Big Boss Man is not the most athletic person, I can still see him doing it. So I think it makes Taz look better to have an opponent like that. Big Boss Man as well has just come off in the December, so two months beforehand, a world title match. This is him at the actual peak of his sort of prominence in the company. I do change the match type to a hardcore match because I think... Big Boss Man's use of weaponry in the hardcore division was only bested by Steve Blackman for me. He was very inventive. He always came equipped with toys, chains, handcuffs, nightsticks, so on. He would often pull things out of the pockets of his flat jacket that you just wouldn't expect. He was entertaining. In addition, he has Prince Albert with him, of course, who would get involved and still get beat. So I think it would end up, later on, it would end up more of a handicap match but Taz would still go over for me it's a, as he continues to push and then later on be moved into maybe if he was someone like X-Pac who he can really throw around mm-hmm. but for me match 5 Taz defeats uh, Bossman and essentially Prince Albert in a hardcore match awesome awesome 
Michael, what do you have, my friend? So here we're going to have a segment that's going to start off with Too Cool and Rikishi. They're going to come out and they're going to do their, their dance gimmick. But then you're going to hear the music of none other than Kane. And Kane's going to come down to the ring. He's going to quickly dispose of Too Cool. Rikishi's going to get the mic. He's going to ask for an impromptu match. We're going to get a match between these two behemoths. Too Cool's going to try to come to the aid of Rikishi, but Kane is going to overcome. Kane is going to end up defeating Rikishi uh, to keep booking him strong, and that's my fifth match. Very good. Very good, solid. So I'm going to go along the same lines as, uh, as Tom and put Taz in my next match. However, I'm going to have him just go in a regular straight-up one-on-one match against Albert. Uh, you know, I think Albert was one of those guys where we should, you know, we should have seen a lot more of him than we did. Uh, good worker, obviously being a trainer now at NXT. Um, but you know, at this time, we wanted to get Taz over more, so I'm going to have Taz go over on Albert by submission. Um, both guys aren't going to lose in this match, obviously long term. But you know, for this time, I'm still going to have Taz go over to hopefully get to that point. Uh, where, you know, we, we see gold around his waist. And I think that's the thing that we desperately wanted to see uh, for Taz anyways, you know, some sort of gold around his waist, uh, single world anyways. Uh, but I'm going to have Taz over Prince Albert. So our sixth match on the card, we have, what do we have, Tom? Just before we continue, I want to be sure we are only booking eight matches, right? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Okay. So I, I just didn't want to be out of sync with you guys. Oh, no, so that's right. So for this one, I would have the tag title match. I think it was way too low down on the card how it was. I agree. But um, especially when you have a number one contendership match after a title match, that confuses me. Yes. Um, I would have the Dudley Boys against the New Edge Outlaws, and I would change absolutely nothing. That works. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Michael, what do you got, my friend? Well, I have to agree with uh, Tom on his assessment there. Uh, As far as the match goes, I will kindly disagree. What I'm going to have here is we're going to see the New Age Outlaws successfully retain their tag team titles, and they are going to do this with the aid of none other than X-Pac. X-Pac's going to come out, help the New Age Outlaws, and they're going to win and retain. However... After the match, we are going to see Spike Dudley come out and attack and chase X-Pac um, kind of out of the stadium. So we're going to get that involvement. Hmm. A little unique. Chicanery never hurt anybody. <laughs> yep. So my sixth match is going to be a little bit in- in- or, uh, unconventional. We're going to see a two-on-one handicap match. Uh, we're going to see Rikishi... Uh, you know, kind of break away from Too Cool. You know, he will have some sort of vignette before kind of establishing it. You know, obviously building up to it. Uh, but for this time period, I'm going to have him, you know, break away from Too Cool. I'm going to have him take on Too Cool in this match. Scotty Duhati, Brian Christopher. Try to get that push for Rikishi that he rightfully needed. Hopefully elevate him a little bit more, uh, you know, Taking on, you know, being a bigger guy, taking on uh, Too Cool. I'm going to have Rikishi go over on Too Cool uh, to hopefully elevate his career, like I said. So, Rikishi over Too Cool. So, our semi-main event, if we 
may call it that, is our seventh match. Uh, Tom, what do we have? I still have The Rock against The Big Show. You'll notice I didn't make as many changes as you guys did in this regard. Um, mm-hmm. I felt it was a stronger card. But mm-hmm. I would have this very, very simple. Um, if this is aimed at building towards WrestleMania and the WrestleMania main event that would be, in my mind, the ideal match, I have The Rock defeat in The Big Show, clean as a whistle, one, two, three. Right. Nothing wrong with that. You know, like I said, if... This card was one of those kind of cards, like you said, Tom, that, you know, it didn't really need to, you know, too many things have to change, but, you know, obviously outside of maybe, like, axing a few of them, but, uh, Michael, what do you got for your seventh? So, in my seventh match, I'm going to have The Rock, uh, indeed, going for the number one contendership here, but he's going to go up against none other than Chris Benoit, uh, who's going to be accompanied by Saturn and Malenko. Uh, and you're going to see a lot of, as you like to say, RJ chicanery with Saturn and Malenko kind of ringside, distracting The Rock, uh, trying to interfere in the match. But this is an opportune time for none other than Chris Jericho, who has a beef with Guerrero and thus a beef with the Radicals, to come out and even the odds, so to speak, chase away the Radicals. They're going to go back and forth. Jericho's going to get them to kind of chase him because they're already upset about what he did to Guerrero. This is going to even up the odds, and one-on-one with the great one, Benoit will not have enough on this night. The Rock will electrify, as he always did, and he will become the new number one contender to the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Can't go wrong with that. You're welcome. Uh, So, I'm going to go along with the actual card itself. I'm still going to have Big Show and, uh, and Rock go at it. Uh, for the number one contendership for the heavyweight championship. I'm still going to have Rocco over on show just because, you know, similar to what you said, Michael, is, you know, I wasn't really digging the show at this time as a heavyweight championship a contender. Uh, not that he didn't deserve it, but, you know, we had a lot of other uh, better uh, better talent at that time to get take that next step. So I'm still going to have the Rocco over on the big show. You know, hopefully, you know, down the road when we do rebook 2000. WrestleMania, hopefully we'll see that, you know, transpire there. But Rock over show, can't go wrong. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, my friend. Uh, so now we're on to the main event, and for the most part, you know, you know, it's a good card. Uh, but are we going to see any, you know, a- any changes w- with this match? How, what What do you say, Tom? One quite simple change. There is a spot near the end of this match that lives in memory. Okay. And it is a back body drop from the top with Cactus Jack falling through the cell and then through the ring and just laying in a heap. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a beautiful spot, and I would love to see Triple H take it. Mm. Okay. To play out almost exactly the same, but the other way around. With The Rock going into the main event at WrestleMania, I think the ideal opponent for him would not be Triple H in this regard. I would have him going up against Cactus Jack as a sort of a replay of the Rock-Mankind feud, which was very even, but Cactus Jack obviously a bit more sadistic. So mm-hmm. while Triple H could potentially get back into that and make it a triple threat, I would be seeing Cactus Jack win this match, win the title, and carry it into the main event at WrestleMania on merit rather than on the whim of Linda McMahon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's definitely a good way of looking at it. And, you know, I... 
I thought for myself too. I'm like, when Cactus was in WCW, what did he? Did he have and um? Do you have the tag team championship? Did he have it with Kevin Sullivan? Maybe. I'm trying. I, I don't know if you, you guys know if not or so. I can't recall it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Random thought I had. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Michael, what do you got for your main event? Yeah. So for me, um, I agree with a, a lot of the standpoints here that uh, Tom has. Um, it is going to be Triple H and Cactus Jack. Um, and I indeed will be having Cactus Jack defeat Triple H. Um, but basically, Cactus uh, unknowingly is going to get some assistance here from The Rock, who's going to come out and interject himself in the match, look to screw over Triple H. And then at the end of the you know end of the night, you got Cactus Jack. He's victorious. He doesn't have to retire. But then all of a sudden, The Rock is just going to turn on Cactus Jack. The Rock is going to go into... Uh, WrestleMania 2000 or WrestleMania 16, as it were, as a heel. Um, he is going to turn and just bloody and destroy Cactus Jack. Um, and you're, again, going to relive that feud one more time at WrestleMania. So that's what I have. So, you know, I like this much. I like these spots, Tom. I especially like the spot you mentioned with uh, Cactus going through the cell and going through the ring. Uh, you know... My idea for this was still to have Triple H go over Cactus Jack, but down the road, sort of make it a triple threat match because, you know, between Cactus, Rock, and Triple H, uh, you know, try to, you know, relive that feud that we saw between Rock and Mankind, like you mentioned, and, you know, try to work off of that, but you still have, you know, you still have the champion there to worry about. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you're so worried about one thing, you're forgetting about the other. But we're still gonna. Have, I'm still gonna have Triple H go over Cactus Jack, and then obviously prolonging that the, the feud a little bit longer to WrestleMania, um, as as we'll see uh, uh, Cactus Jack, uh, uh, Triple H in The Rock at that event as well. So um, all in all, you know, going back and looking at it now, you know, rebooking it. You know, even to the actual card itself, it was a great pay-per-view. It really was, going back and looking at it. Of that time frame, starting right around, like I said, 98, 99, all the way up to about 2002, 2003, was, you know, that wheelhouse where a lot of the, you know, a lot of good stuff was happening uh, at, at this time in this business. So, um, any, any, any closing thoughts with this pay-per-view? No, I just really enjoyed the pay-per-view, and uh, it set up a lot of things in motion. Even though yeah. WrestleMania 2000 was a lot of multi-man matches, it was only actually one singles match in the whole card, if you can call it a match based on what it was. Yeah. Um, when they have some big names back, when you had The Undertaker, when you had Austin back, and they added a few more to the roster, you can see the building blocks in place here. And you can see it in the matches and the pay-per-views beforehand for like TLC, for example. And they were leading into the Rock Triple H feud that they'd been saving for so long. Since, in fact, SummerSlam 98, they'd had their, their big feud, as it were. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of good, and a lot of good came out of it. It was a bit of a stopgap until Mania, but enough change to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Anything from you, Michael? No, I think it was, I, I agree with Tom, uh, very well said. I think it was a, a very solid pay-per-view. 
um you know my 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 thought process on it was just to spice it up a little bit yeah yeah no there's nothing and that's why then and that's why we do this show and that's why we enjoy the show so much is we get to go back and we let these these events that we've seen live or after the fact whatever the case may be that we've actually seen and you know bring back uh, good memories bad memories and different what have you but uh first and foremost tom i appreciate you coming on you know just take the last few minutes let us know uh, let the fans know where they can reach your social media uh, and what have you, as well as uh, stuff you got coming up. Okay. Well, the next thing I'll be writing for PW Talks will be the Elimination Chamber predictions. I, uh, I've always titled it Tom Gets It Wrong because I specialize in, uh, you know, getting it wrong. And <laughs> Wade, Wade added a, a rather fun tagline that I quite enjoyed, which was a uh, you can know with great uncertainty the results of the next pay-per-view. <laughs> and, and I like that. So that'll be my next piece for PW Torch. If you want to reach me, you can always ask questions on Twitter. My at is Colohue. That's C-O-L-O-H-U-E. It's an old Irish name, and it's one that you may never hear from anyone other than me. It's a weird <laughs> one, and I accept um, But, yeah, I'm always open to questions, always open to debate, and always happy to chat. Definitely, and like I say, it was definitely great to have you on. Hopefully, this will, uh, you know, it'll be the first of a few times we can have you on, and uh, you know, just kind of, you know, pick your brain a little bit as far as you know stuff that you think about the current product, and uh, and even even maybe a little bit old old school stuff as well. So yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, Michael, you got anything for uh, before we close out? Or no, I I just want to say a, a thank you to Tom and uh, appreciate him coming on. Definitely. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. So, we are back, and well, RJ, 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 you had a lot of fun last week with uh, guest host Jay-Z Flair. Loved hearing you guys yuck it up, but, uh, you know, as they say, you always have to pay the piper. So, we are going to do a ringside rant this week. And you know what? I'm not going to even limit, give you a time limit. I'm going to say, you need to convince me, you need to convince me, and you need to convince your guest last week, and you need to convince all of our listeners on the topic I'm going to give you. Let me know when you're ready, because it's medicine time. Are you ready to break it down? I thought you were supposed to be nice to Canadians. I'm sorry. But hey, Uh, you have to to give me an A for effort. You have to give me an A for effort, and after you're done, you I will be telling you you're welcome. No, well, of course. All right, well, give me my medicine. Short, sweet, and good. Let's get to it. All right, so this week, RJ, you need to speak on the fact, according to you, okay. of why both KFC and Popeyes are superior to Bojangles. All right. You're not being timed, so you can start whenever you're ready, pal. All right. So you said KFC and Popeyes, right? So KFC and Popeyes, they're better just because they're simpler names. You know, you got a name like Bojangles. Not a lot of people are going to remember Bojangles as a name. You say KFC, oh, it's that chicken place down the road. Oh, KFC, oh, it's that stupid old colonel face. Okay, that's great. Popeyes. Oh, you got that little commercial with that uh, woman that does. Oh, you can get this box for five bucks. 
Oh, well, that works too. That's even better. Because Bojangles? Bojangles is even up here in the north. I don't know if it's out by you. So you can, nope. what are you going to do? You're going to drive all the way down to Virginia if you're in New York? Hell no. I'm going to go over to KFC, give me one of those little cup things with the little, uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, mashed potatoes. and To-go cup. And yeah, that too. So I don't know. That that, that, that's it. I don't know. I can't go any further. Well, there you have it, folks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you heard it here first. Jay-Z Flair, your buddy over here, he's dogging Bojangles, man. So I'm just saying, you know, I, I just hey, think he knows that... Where I, hey, Jay-Z knows where I... Well, he doesn't know where I live, but he knows where... I'll send him the address. Yeah. So there you have it. So, so, if I, so if I see, like, footprints in the snow or the ice that we have out here now, I know it's Jay-Z. Perhaps. Actually, knowing, actually, knowing Jay Z, he'll probably come down through the chimney or something because he's a uh, stealth little guy. There you go. So you got something for me this week? <sighs> okay, Not, nothing as good as that, but at least I got you to pop a little bit. There you go. So you know, I got something with two guys that are on this card. Uh, two guys that are near and dear to our hearts. We're gonna have Rikishi. And Cactus Jack as a tag team. We're going to call them Two Jacked. Okay? You have to get over and push. Get off on a rant, if you mind you, if you want to say that. Get that going. Two Jacked. Rikishi and Cactus Jack as a tag team. I won't even give you a time. You know, we'll stick with it. No time limit. Okay. All right. Well, let's let let let's let's get at it then. So you have a tag team of Cactus Jack and Rikishi. They got the biggest, hugest bellies in the company, but they are still too jacked. They're like they have a cactus. They have a Kishi. They have a Keister. They give the stink face. Bang, bang! It's too jacked, and they are going straight in your hometown to the top of the WWE Tag Team Ladder. Too jacked, ladies and gentlemen. Dig it. So there you go. That, that That's that's my try. I mean, I tried. I mean... Oh, my God. I would, I would call them too huge, but, you know. You know, it, it, harken, it harkens me back to a time, I don't know if you remember the spot, uh, when Undertaker threw Rikishi off the, uh, was it a Hell in a Cell? Yeah, it was, right? It was the Hell in a Cell. It was a six-man. Yeah, six it, was, it was a six-man. It was at Armageddon. Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. It was 99, right? 2000, I believe. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I think. So. Maybe. Somewhere around So, there. I mean, you did have, you know, you had Rikishi who took a high spot from the Undertaker, and you had, uh, you know, Cactus Jack. I like I, I I liked McFoley as Cactus Jack. I feel like WWE in a way, and I, I get it wasn't like their name or whatever, but I, I think they kind of dropped the ball in that they didn't push uh, Mick Moore as uh, as Cactus Jack. Yeah, I th- you know I think the wheelhouse was their mankind, anyways, uh, as far as uh, McFoley went. But you know, yeah, I, I enjoyed Cactus Jack though. It was a very interesting character for sure, mankind, but. I would dare say Cactus Jack was more of a left more of a of a resonation. Oh yeah, 
So uh, we got uh, we got a little bit of time here at the end to you know promote all the stuff comings and goings that we have going here at the Revisionist Booking. Uh, you know we have to uh, give a big shout out to uh, to my friend and yours. We you know him as well. Um, one Chris Caden up here in Upstate Pro. Um, helped us out, and uh, he's building a website. His website that he actually has for his personal, uh, his 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 page for his, for UPW. And he asked me this afternoon, "Hey, you mind? Uh, you you want to have? Uh, we got some ad space. You mind if you uh, put your stuff up?" I said, "Sure." So, a big props goes out to Chris Caden. Yeah. Uh, check out his website. He's at thechriscaden.com. Uh, appreciate him plugging the show. He's been a fan of us. Uh, when we're obviously a big fan of his, uh, all his work as well. So yeah. uh, hopefully we'll have him very near future. We'll have him on the show uh, to kind of get an inside look at uh, you know the business from a, a worker's point of view. Uh, yeah. So big props, big thanks to Chris Caden. Yeah, for sure. Uh, big thanks to Chris Caden. Of course, you're welcome for the great content. But yeah, yeah. no, we definitely appreciate it. Um, of course, mm-hmm. as RJ always mentions, ad nauseum. He is a backstage interviewer for UPW, so check uh, out them. They are on Facebook, correct, RJ, as well? Um, check them out. Uh, UPW, yeah, we're uh, Facebook at Upstate uh, Upstate Pro Wrestling, and then Twitter at UPWROC, and then we're on uh, Instagram as well, so check that out. We got a big show coming up in uh, about a few weeks uh, in March. So, Oh, Paul White's uh, going to be there? Yeah. So, like you know, one of these days I just, you know, what I really want to do is I just want to do a run in on one of these backstage interviews uh if I'm ever in the area. It, it, just, the yeah, and I'm going to and it's going to be hard way. It's going to be hard way. Like I'm going to hit you hard way with the chair. You you going to give me that you going to you going to get me the hard way. That's what she said. Yeah, with only with Bluetooth, of course. Um, <laughs> hey yo. So, you know, for those, you know, those of listeners that are new to the show appreciate you listening for those of you that have listened before appreciate you even more uh thanks everybody for tuning in last week we pretty much in 48 hours thus far from recording now the show that we did i did with jay-z flair last week already surpassed the view the downloads that we've done for in 48 hours surpassed probably about 80% of the shows that we've already done for the week. So big thank you for everybody that's listened to the, the show thus far. Obviously, it's only because it was me and Jay-Z Flair on the show. Michael wasn't there. That's just a given. So no. you're, to the fans, you're welcome. Uh, to Michael. You son of a gun. You know, I, I I would give you an A for effort, but Jay Z really it was Jay Z who carried the show last week. Let's let's be let's well, be real. Be, well, why do you think it was why do you think it was on there? <laughs> yeah. No, you, you, know? you fellas did a great job outside of trying to uh kind of bury me a little bit, but you know, RJ forgets, see, he he realizes that I edit the show, but then you know, I think he, he kind of forgets too, so I did leave a little uh gift of a message and I think wow. that's what drew the uh drew the downloads. Everybody wanted to hear what I had to well, say. Well of course. Of course. You're welcome. And that and everybody else is welcome. So, you know, you can hit us, uh, you know, hit us up across social media. We're on Twitter at Revisionist Book. Uh, you can, once you follow us there, you can see that we're at uh, Michael Berry Sr. and at Krasinski RJ. 
Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Revisionist Booking. Uh, you know, we can hit us up over at uh, whatforapparel.com forward slash Revisionist Book. And then what else we got there, Michael? Um, yeah, I think we I got. Think you, I think you got the you got the Facebook page, right? You got the Facebook going. Yeah. yeah. So facebook.com forward slash revisionist booking is that we have we can head over and give us a subscription at itunes and stitcher uh we're at the wrestling perspective there and then we're also at blogtalkradio.com forward slash wrestling perspective network and of course you know the one thing that that anybody can do for us and we very much appreciate it is give us a retweet uh you know on the twitter and just spread the word um if if you like Mm -hmm. the show um, you know, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your cat, tell your dog, tell your kids. I make my daughter download the show every week, so you know that's one download. You're welcome. There you go. You know, you know, and we, I, you know, I, I chatted with a few individuals today. Not to get off on a on a tangent now, but I talked to a few individuals today over the Twitter gimmick, uh, and they uh, new fans. They're saying that they love the show, and uh, you know they like uh, the last few episodes that we've done with Jay Z and with Doctor Huge with uh, In Your House Six, and and now they're even going back and listening to past episodes now. So that's really what we try to you know instill. You know, even if you don't, if you don't, you know, what, what do you, the the shows that we do now are what you like. Go back and see what we've done in the past too. You know, definitely check those out as well. It helps us out even more. For sure. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, Again, the DMs are open. Um, RJ does a great job with the social media over at Revisionist Book on Twitter. So uh, hit him up there. Um, Hey, if you you want to be a guest on the show, uh, hit us up. Hit us up. We we love having people on. We're we're looking to book. I've uh, got a few few openings for, uh, for March. They're filling up fast, though. So, uh, you know, we're trying to, you know, book out as far as we can possibly. And I know people's schedules are, you know, kind of hectic this time of the year. So we want to get everybody, uh, you know, settled down and what have you. But next week, we're going to do a show that uh, is near and dear to at least my heart. I know, I don't know about you, Michael, but this was one of my my favorite pay-per-views was uh, No Way Out 2004. Uh, where, uh, you know, a precursor, we'll tell you, Eddie is the place where Eddie Guerrero won his uh, heavyweight championship against Brock Lesnar. We're also having uh, a friend of yours and mine, the man behind What For Apparel, uh, Josiah, is coming on and, uh, you know, putting his two cents in there and revising, rebooking with us. So that next week's going to be another great episode. No, absolutely, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate Josiah, and, and we couldn't have picked a better person, better company than What For Apparel and Josiah um, to partner up with uh, for you guys to be able to go get our gear. So make sure you go and get our gear, whatforapparel.com forward slash revisionist book. Also, uh, I know me and RJ have been in discussions. We're going to look to maybe do some live uh, Twitch channel deals. We're going to get that figured out. Um, so RJ, I don't know if you have the information for the Twitch. Mm-hmm. I just have to remember my password. That's the only problem. So right, but but but, th- but this is the time where you're going to let everybody know where they need to go oh. to see us on Twitch and subscribe. And yeah, oh that that too. But you can go over at Revisionist Booking on Twitch. 
uh, we, we were trying to, you know, branch out a little bit and kind of get as many uh, ears and eyes on the prize, ears and ears on the, uh, the product uh, as possible. We're looking to, you know, try to maybe do something. I know you're busy during WrestleMania weekend, but uh, probably something. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we're going to try to do something. We're going to try to do something uh, probably sooner than that, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and a- anybody who has the, the Amazon Prime gimmick, you can go sub to our channel for free. IJS. I go. just saying. I'm just saying. There you go. So, so yeah, so we're over at Revisionist Booking on, on the Twitch. And, uh, uh, you know, check out. You know, we're looking to, you know, add a little bit uh, of content there in the near future. And uh, hopefully, you know, you guys can, uh, you know, check us out there. For sure. Well, RJ, it's been a pleasure. Um, you know, as always, I'm back this week so you guys can relax. Uh, I don't, you know, everyone's been DMing me where you at. Come rescue RJ. I'm back. I'm here as always. You're welcome. We get an A for effort, RJ. And as always, and let the revisionist revolution begin. <laughs>